Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency in Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited for today's episode because it truly encapsulates the entire podcast around mental health. We are going to be covering Mental Health Awareness Month in May, as well as Mental Health Awareness Week. So just sit back and relax, and we will jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. First and foremost, I just want to say and share something really exciting. The podcast is nearly at 15,000 listens, which I think is just crazy and something that I never really fathomed when I first started the podcast in August of 2020. So I'm always grateful for when we hit these milestones and I do celebrate like every single time we hit 13,000, 14,000 listens. I think it's incredible that there's that many people listening to it that many times. And so I I just want to say a big thank you from the bottom of my heart because this is like such a joy and such a fun like thing for me to kind of call my own outside of work and outside of training and to be able to share my life, share my thoughts and share my journey in this thing called life. And for today's episode, I think especially so much of my podcast is centered around mental health and how important I think mental health is, how passionate I am about mental health. And if you've listened to prior episodes, you'll know that I have shared some of my own personal mental health stories, which I will touch on today. So if that's going to trigger you in any way, just feel free to click off this episode, but I don't think it's going to be anything too deep, but I definitely do feel, I am someone who just feels very comfortable in talking about her mental health journey, where she's been, the struggles that she's been through and that sort of thing. So just kind of be prepared for that. But before we jump into that, let's do some highs and lows for the week. All right, so starting with the high, I think it definitely had to be the London Vitality 10K that Jack and I ran on Bank Holiday Monday. It was just a lot of fun and it was just a good time. I wasn't really going for time or trying to go too fast. And I think I'm definitely more of a distance runner than I am like shorter distances. And so Jack and I both got around 53 minutes. I got 53.14 and he got 53.30. But I think it was just genuinely such a fun event to do together. And we had a really good time. Someone from either TikTok or the podcast recognized me and shouted go Liz and I thought that was such a cool moment it was a moment it was a moment that Jack heard and I kind of half had had my headphones in so I didn't hear it but I'm so glad that he told me because I shared it with like the TikTok platform and the person who said hello reached out and it's a girl called Annalise and if you're listening to this I just want to say thank you because that was such a cool moment for me and I truly truly appreciate that but I think in general I just think it was so cool for Jack and I to do that race together because not even really as a race but kind of going back to like how Jack and I met and when we first started dating actually one of our first sort of things that we did together was a relay race in London and it was something that we did with two other colleagues from work and it was super fun but it was like sort of how I met Jack at this party and I kind of met him and was like will you be our fourth person for this relay team and his side of the story is that he would have said yes to anything no matter what distance it was he only had to run a mile but he was like I would have ran a full marathon if it meant I got to go (laughs) and hang out with you and so I think it was just fun to kind of look back at that event and kind of compare it to where we are now Um, And I think the low for the week was just that Jack got sick. And obviously, you know, we get sick 
from time to time and you know you can't really help it and it wasn't COVID which we're really lucky because we've got events this weekend that we're going to but yeah he got sick with a really bad cold and as you guys know Jack doesn't have a spleen so he is immunocompromised and so when he gets sick it's a lot worse than it is for other people who have all their organs and so I got to play nurse Liz for the week which I always enjoy and I have a background in healthcare both clinically and non-clinically and I personally love taking care of the people that I love and I always will and I know that he felt really bad about it but I think I just felt so bad because it's so hard when you're ill and you feel so helpless so we haven't really been able to do any training for him this week which is totally fine and we'll probably get something in this weekend but I think that it just also highlights the reality of marathon training is that you will not hit every single training run like on the dot on the nail because something in your life is going to come up you might get injured you might get sick you know some things some things like set you back I know that when I was training for the London Marathon I got COVID and I basically could not run for a week could not leave my house and I was just doing like home workouts at home and so yeah I think it just really reminded me that like it's, it's a total reality of marathon training and things will happen, but I know that he is feeling a lot stronger today and he is very excited to get back into it. But he did say to me the other day that he was really excited to go running and he was really like gutted that he couldn't because he was sick. But he was like, this is the first time that I've actually like been excited to run. And then he was like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> um, but yeah, but without further ado, let's just jump into the episode. All right, so mental health awareness, what does it look like in 2022 and what are we going to talk about? So I'm just going to start with mental health awareness month. To the best of my knowledge, I think that this is something that occurs more so in the States than it does in the UK. So I'm going off of a resource that I have here and I will list it in the show notes from the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So I'm just going to read off of their page around Mental Health Awareness Month. And so it says, each year millions of Americans face the reality of living with a mental illness. And during May specifically, the National Alliance on Mental Illness joins the national movement to raise awareness about mental health. And each year they fight stigma, provide support, educate the public, and advocate for policies that support people with mental illness and their families. And so the theme this year is together for mental health. And it says mental health is an incredibly important part of overall health with a growing number of Americans experiencing mental health symptoms. We need to join together to advocate for improving our nation's mental health care system. And it looks like they do have mental illness awareness week and that falls under October 2nd to 8th. And it coincides with additional related events around the national day of prayer for mental illness, recovery and understanding national depression screening day as well as world mental health day and these all fall in october so as i said i will share these resources in the show notes because it also includes crisis hotlines and numbers that you can text in a crisis as well as numbers that you can call and these will be specifically for the u.s but now i'm going to talk about the uk and mental health awareness week so as I said, Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK goes from Monday, May 9th to Sunday, May 15th, and this year's theme is loneliness. So the week will explore the experience of loneliness, its effect on our mental health, and how it, we can all play a part in reducing loneliness in our communities. And it goes on to share that loneliness affects millions of people in the UK every year and is a key driver of poor mental health. The Foundation's Mental Health and the Pandemic Research has found that loneliness has been exasperated by the COVID pandemic. The Foundation has been tracking loneliness 
levels in the UK during the pandemic and found the experience has been much higher with devastating impact. Loneliness has been an important factor contributing to higher levels of distress, resulting from people's sense of isolation and reduced ability to connect with others. Further polling also found that loneliness was one of the leading issues that the public felt needed to be addressed. And for this as well, I will leave the resource link in the show notes, as well as if you need emotional support and you're based in the UK, I will leave the helpline for the Samaritans helpline in the show notes, as well as anyone seeking information on help and support in their area. I will also leave um, contact information for the Mind Info line. So yeah, I kind of wanted to reflect on both, just being someone that's from the US and is living in the UK and working in the UK because I think that both perspectives are important and I know that my sort of listeners are kind of a mix of kind of mostly based from the UK and the US but also from many other parts of the world which I think is so cool by the way and let me know if you want me to include more mental health information from other parts of the world because I'd be more than happy to do episodes around that but I think specifically I wanted to talk really about loneliness and mental health awareness week in the UK because that's coming up next week and I just wanted to share you know more around loneliness because I've actually been asked by my work to speak kind of on a panel with one of our psychologists around loneliness and this is kind of just based off of my previous sharing of like my podcast and um, just my story and that sort of thing and previous opportunities with my work and so it's really exciting opportunity to be speaking with psychologists and I'm really excited about it but they've asked me to kind of talk just about what my tips are around loneliness and I think it's super important to just think about different ways to you know look after yourself and look after your mental health and obviously the first thing that I'm going to tell you is to get active because, you know, as an avid distance runner, I've definitely talked about how I've shifted my relationship with running to be positive. And so for those who don't know, I had an eating disorder when I was a young teenager about the ages of 15 to 16 and I had a really unhealthy relationship with food I had an even more unhealthy relationship with exercise and I had a terrible terribly negative relationship with running and I used it as a way to almost punish my body and it was a really really negative thing it wasn't at all how I see running now as a you know now I kind of I love going out in the morning I love going out for my morning run because that is my time to wake up and just have an an extra hour of me time and go for my run, clear my head before my day starts and that sort of thing. And yeah, I think for a while it was just not that way at all. And it was the total opposite. And it was something that really, you know, made my mental health so much worse and impacted it quite negatively. And so one of my favorite ways to look after my mental health is to get active because I think that that really helps you focus not only on your physical health, but also your mental health. And, you know, getting active looks different for everyone. It doesn't have to be running miles on miles like me because I think I've definitely seen my, you know, what being active means to me change over the year like that definition and I used to be someone who wasn't as active and maybe I was less active with cardio and running but I was more active in the gym with HIIT workouts and I've tried so many different forms of exercise and I think that that's also such a good way to sort of mix it up and you know try something new and sort of shock your body in different ways you know exercise different muscle groups that you've never exercised before and you know even if you're signing up for your first 5k or you've never 
thought about joining the gym. You know, it doesn't have to be just running or just going to the gym. It can be so many different things. And you know, whatever that means to you, I would just highly recommend that you make time to go and do that each day, whatever would make you happy. My second tip is to talk to someone, you know, whether that's a friend, family member, or enrolling with a professional psychologist, I think it's so important to talk about those feelings. And I can speak you know, for myself as someone who for so long kept her feelings bottled up inside during that two-year eating disorder and just never wanted to share it with anyone. And I felt so lonely. I moved states in the middle of high school. So I was, I finished my first two years of high school in California. And then my dad's job moved us to Washington and I finished my last two years of high school there. And I couldn't think of a worse time to sort of, you know, move to a new place and have to like start over. I basically grown up for the most part in California. I had all of my childhood friends there and I just remember that move being something that was so, so hard and specifically, I it, it just felt like it was so lonely. And for so long, I just felt lonely because I was in this new town and I didn't know anyone except for my family. And I was in this part of my life where I was trying to figure out, you know, my body and I was going through phases of, I don't like how my body looks. I hate how my body looks. I want to lose weight. I need to get smaller. And then, you know, that's not really something that I feel comfortable talking to my family about. And so these were just all things that I kept inside my head. And I think to me, it feels like when you let those thoughts kind of bubble in your head over time, I think one of my favorite analogies is, you know, thinking about trying to like push a ball, any sort of ball to the bottom of a lake to the bottom of a pool, like just leaning over and trying to push a ball underwater. You know, you don't get very far before it comes right back up and it hits you in the face. And that's something that happened to me so many times. And I think that I really would let all those thoughts fester and bubble inside my head. And then over, and you know, I, I would hit a point where it was too much and I couldn't handle my own thoughts. And I would, you know, have a panic attack or an anxiety attack, or I would lash out at my loved ones. And so I think it's so important, you know, whether it's talking to friends or family or, you know, talking to a therapist, if you can, I think it's so important to just get those feelings out. And, you know, on the other side of it, if you're not ready to talk about it, put it down on paper. I think it's so important to like, just make sure that you're getting those feelings out in some way, shape or form. And so I believe so strongly in writing and I kept journals for years. I love writing. And you know, if that if that's not something that you love, maybe something like a gratitude journal can help. And I love those because they ask for like, you know, three things that you're looking forward to today. And then at the end of the day, it asks about like three things that went well, and then three things that you can improve on. And it's like very, it's very self-helpy but it's also kind of really helps you sort of think more positively because I think it's really easy as well to get stuck in your head and only think negatively. So I think it's just really important, you know, no matter what way you feel most comfortable with, just to talk to someone and get those feelings out. Thirdly, I think it's so important to get enough sleep. And speaking as someone who barely slept in college, I feel like I was constantly up studying or out partying. I just, I was not great at the whole sleep thing. And I, re I remember my brother telling me that if you don't get 
your eight hours of sleep that impacts like your you know your span of life and how long you'll live it impacts your hunger cues it impacts like so many different you know aspects of your life with your brain and your body and all that sort of stuff and I'm not too medical so I can't really speak too much further on that but it's just so crucial in every element of your daily lives including your mental health and I just think that sleep plays such a big role in recovery and your ability to complete everyday tasks normally. And I think it's so important to talk about like that aspect of rest. And I think that in a society that is so go, 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 and there's such like a toxic sort of culture around like, you know, this need to be busy all the time. I think that sleep almost like plays into that and kind of helps you learn those cues to rest and you know, know when your body needs to rest or know when your body just needs a mental health day and you're taking things slower or you sleep in a bit more. I think I struggle with that sometimes as well, being someone who always wakes up early. I don't really let myself sleep in very much, even if I really need the sleep. And so I just think it's really important to prioritize sleep because it plays such an important element in so many different aspects of your life. Lastly, I think it's so important to make time for you. So in addition to doing things like getting your body moving for those natural endorphins, I think picking up hobbies like reading, writing, or cooking definitely allows for you to choose ways that you can get out of your head a bit and focus just on other things. So one of the recent like things that I've found that I really love is I've like almost like rediscovered my love for cooking. If that makes sense, I, for such a long time in the previous place that I lived, it just wasn't a very nice space. It wasn't a very nice kitchen. And I just found myself resenting the place and not really wanting to cook. And so I, I would genuinely just not really eat dinner. I would like have snacks for dinner and it wasn't just any... I'm not really that sort of person. And I, when I was growing up at home, I loved helping my mom in the kitchen. I loved baking for my family. And so as I've moved into this new flat with Jack, I've really found that I've rediscovered my love for cooking because I love our kitchen. It's so beautiful and so clean. And I just love being in that kitchen like at the end of the day and just, you know, kind of putting the work stresses away, walking away from my computer and just saying, okay. And just being able to like, you know, chop, chop up vegetables, you know, prepare meat, prepare fish, and just like simple, simple things like that actually are so like nice for me and just are so alleviating to my mental health and my brain after like a full day of working. Even if it's work from home, it can still be really stressful. So I think just finding those little hobbies that you can do outside of your workday life or if you're a student outside of school life that you can kind of go and sort of learn new things, try new recipes, read new books, that, you know, help you get out of your head and just focus on other things for a bit. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, I will have all of the resources mentioned in the show notes, as well as my link for my fundraiser with Alzheimer's Society. I'm fundraising with them for the Berlin Marathon 2022, so please do check it out. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. Bye!